You are now tuned into Reppin' Sessions Podcast. Exclusive interviews with White Oak Roughneck Legends. Follow on Instagram and Facebook. Reppin' the Roughnecks. Reppin' Sessions Podcast. It's episode six, guys. It's Friday. It's homecoming. And we have the legendary Mike Barber in the house with us today. And uh, yeah, we're just going to jump into it. We have James here as well, the co-host. And uh, thank you, Mike, for being here, man. We really appreciate it. We know Homecoming's real busy. My honor. Happy to be here. I get to be here. I don't have to be here. I get to be here. <laughs> Mike, I remember when I was a senior and you were a junior, you may not remember this, but before the season started, I, I don't know if we were down there getting pads or whatever, but... There wasn't anybody but me and you in the dressing room and I said, now Mike, I know you're probably going to be the quarterback and I'm a senior and all us seniors, we're going to be behind you and if you have any problem, just let us know. Do you remember me saying that to you? I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I've been hitting the head too much. I don't remember that, but if you yeah, said it, I know yeah. you did. Did you have any problems that year? Uh, no, I was okay. always well protected okay. with you. Yeah, guys. I don't. I don't think anybody got over me to get to you yeah. that year. I was. I, I. You know, that's one thing I was proud of. Whenever yeah. you dropped back, you know. Yeah. The, no, nobody ever yeah. got in. My success was because you guys gave me plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about any particular game? And you remember the West Rush game? Uh. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. remember, we've already grilled, Hawthorne's already taken a hard time about the article, you know, about the uh, toy, you know, oh. enough said. Yeah. And we got on him pretty good when we did our podcast. What did, what did you think about that? They were pretty tough that night. Well, they were very physical, and we knew that going in, and it was just pretty much the team that made the least amount of mistakes because uh, there wasn't really a loser on that field. And, and uh, we were fortunate, though, that uh, we came out on top. And uh, one big, huge reason why we came out on top with so many games is because in Wide Oak, with the coaching staff that we had, there was really no such thing as an off-season. We worked just as hard in the off-season as we did in-season. Or harder. And so, exactly. And so, there was really no such thing as an off-season. We were in-season year-round the clock with the coaches. But the thing is, all the players accepted it. And we did it. You yeah. remember that Friday night, the grass, they let it cut a little bit high. Uh, that's and, right. And they we sure were, did. We were gasping. Yeah. Boy, I tell you what, that next that next week we ran extra wind sprints and yeah. we went over to White House. We beat them thirty six to nothing and we wasn't yeah, you know, we wasn't yeah. hard. It I was just that. as high. How did you we said that. We wasn't sweating. Yeah, you, you couldn't even see your cleats so high. I tried. And yeah. I, I tell you, now, you know, I don't know. I taught history for 34 years, and they all got on me when, when I had all my bunch about remembering every little detail. I can remember pretty much, you know, what has happened at different times and everything. Well, you'll have to remember from me because I'm not that good. Hey, that's what Denton said. <laughs> okay, yeah. we, okay, we got that, and, you know, and we rolled along, and then we beat Overton 54 to nothing, and then we had Spring Hill. And, uh, Speaking we, of Spring Hill, was the rivalry big back then when you played? As very much. Yes. Was it rowdy and just it, it was everything and above, from the field yeah. to the stands. I told him that we switched 
we traded Hallsville for Spring Hill because we quit playing Hallsville. They right. went up. Exactly. And, uh, but we did scrimmage yeah. Hallsville, and that was a yeah. very that was That too. was as physical as any yeah. team we played was Hallsville, I thought, in my opinion. Yeah. And then, and then we rolled on to uh, – we beat them, and then we had homecoming, and we played on a Saturday night. It was a special. Byron Franklin was their middle linebacker. And his freshman year, he was so much bigger than ever, every one of us. And his senior year was my senior year, so I played him since the freshman on. And fortunately, he didn't grow anymore. <laughs> as big as a freshman as he was a senior, but he was a tough, tough football player, great athlete. And from time to time, uh, we'll cross paths and we will visit. Just a, a tremendous gentleman, a man, a, a father. And, uh, you know, but they, they were always the team in the district to beat every year, you the know, best that I remember. They were, from the time you were, let's see, 69, 70, and 71, they were 27 and 3. They yeah. lost to Wido three times. Wow. And, of course, you know, by today's standards, we would have played them again in the playoffs down yeah. the line. Yeah. But they, they were tough. And then, yeah. of course, we pretty much – had an easy road. Episode six with Mike Barber is brought to you by Fair and Nicole Photography. With nine years experience, Fair and Nicole Photography takes it to the next level with your seniors. Whether it's bringing to life your vision or her imagination, bringing a new twist to the shoots, rest assured you will love your photos for years to come. So call Farrah Nicole Photography today and let her capture your memories. Teller Reppin sent you 903-445-2241. Call Farron now. Proud sponsor of Reppin Sessions. And then I brought something up to you about kind of funny. Uh, I carried Catherine Dallas to the fair, and she sees this bear. She <laughs> said, you to throw the ball through the tire and win the bear. And... Uh, I said, you know, I can't, I'm not a quarterback. I can't throw that ball. And then here comes Mike Barber walking along. I said, Mike, come here. Here, here's some money. Throw that ball through the hoop. And Mike did it. And next thing you know, here comes somebody else from White Throws <laughs> the ball. He does the same thing. Before you know it, Mike had almost broke that carnival guy. And get ran and off they, of And they ran Mike <laughs> Mike you know, was, that's funny. I remember that. Mike was on and the I target. went back a few other times, and the guy recognized me. And he, he would not let me. <laughs> then we got in the playoffs and we played uh, Kenson in by district and we beat them 47 to 13. It was 39 to nothing at the half. Denton knocked out one of their best players on the kickoff. And uh, it was uh, six or seven to nothing. And Coach Griffin told me to go in and run 23 veer and tell mine to hand the ball off. And I told Mike to hand the ball off. Lo and behold, the guy blitzed the linebacker and you read it. I, I hit him and me and him both fell in the hole. And I said, oh, I hope Mike didn't hand that ball off. Because I couldn't see it. And I looked up and I saw you, I saw him tapping you about the three yard line. <laughs> and uh, Coach Bratton, you know, he bragged on me. He said, yeah, that was good. That guy called me every, every name he could think of. Told me to hurry up and get up. <laughs> And I said, well, he's down there now. You can't catch him. Anyway, at the half, Coach Griffin apologized. He says, I told y'all they had a real good ball team. And he says, evidently, they don't. And we ended up beating them 47 to 13. Yeah. And then 
the, the next week was the uh, ball game against Paul Pewitt. How did you feel going into that ball game? Oh, wow. You know, uh, remember they had a chip on their shoulder from the year before they thought they'd scored. Right. We're going to get Charlie Owens over here on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just another tough opponent. And I really don't remember all the details of the game, but, uh, you know, that at that point, we were so successful, we were a target for everybody. Everybody wanted to knock wide out golf, and that's the way you want it. You want to be the target. Come get us, you know. Jump on, let us know when you're on. First, I think it was first or second offensive play, you threw a pass to Hawthorne, and they tackled him on about three-yard line. Yeah. And so, okay. uh, I don't know. I, I was I had I was blocking on one of the boys that had done a lot of mail that he was a sophomore, and I told Coach Griffin I said Coach Griffin he keeps kind of stumping towards the center, so he said we had the thirty five X or something where you handed the ball to Winford. He said let's run that. Went in there I hit that boy and knocked him all the way to center and Winford walked in and it was on. <laughs> and then we 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 were ahead I think twenty two to seven. And then they had the ball, and they had a long, about 13 play drive, and they finally scored, and it was 22 to 13, and they went for two, and then they didn't get it, and that was proof. We ended up winning that ball game 34 to 13. Yeah. I've read two different things on your, on some of your overall career stats when you're at White Oak. One says you passed for 2,300 yards, and one said for 4, 000, over 4,000. Do you know the correct number of yards you threw for a while at White Oak? Uh, probably the 4,000 would probably be combined passing and running, be my guess. But we didn't throw a ball. We didn't throw the ball enough for me to play, throw 4,000 yards. I, don't, I, I would think that that would be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I know James has mentioned uh, if they ran the offenses like today. He said he would love to see you back in that shotgun right. formation. It's been a different story. Yeah, right. yeah. And y'all were already putting up what y'all average like, especially with the receivers that we yeah. had. And they all had not one or two, but which yeah. is very rare. But all the receivers that we had, if they touched the ball yeah. with their fingers, it was a catch. They would have Winford, Miles, and Hawthorne split out. Yeah. Cobra tied in. Steve Terry had, was good yeah. my senior year. He was excellent. Richard Smith was excellent. Paul Dow was a very good receiver. And uh, so we, we were really blessed. And on top of that, we had an offensive line that was very good. And, uh, and uh, so it, it, was, it, was, it was fun times. Who was your favorite wide receiver to throw to in your two years? I, I think that uh, uh, Richard Smith had a lot of speed. His brother, Steve Terry was good and, and actually Paul we, we kind of spread it out I, I can't say I had just one yeah. single receiver and uh, but on top of that you know then you didn't read defenses you thought you, you you called the play and pretty much it was designed you know throw it to so-and-so and of course if if the play went you know uh, it didn't show him then I'm gonna look somewhere else but as a whole uh, you know we wasn't ever taught to read a defense, you know, cover two, cover four, three sky, you know. It wasn't during those days. You know? So what was it like being a all-state, all-American quarterback in White Oak? Well, you know, um, as a little bitty kid, uh, for whatever reason, I can honestly look in eye and tell you that I started speaking 
one day I'll play pro football. And, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. That starts in high school, really in junior high. Absolutely. And the success of White Oak at the high school level was our seventh and eighth grade in JV uh, play. They were the foundation, you know, where they talk about the upper, the varsity, but our success was that seventh and eighth grade and JV team. They were, they were well coached. And so they walked into really their sophomore year uh, with a great deal of confidence uh, that we're going to win because I know what I'm doing, you know. And, uh, you know, our coaches didn't just coach the play. As the way I put it, they coached the why in the play. Why I step with my outside foot first or my inside foot. You know, the ball's going out here, therefore this is why. And, uh, you know, when, you, when you're coached like that, it gives you such a great deal of confidence. But anyhow, you know, I worked hard. Uh, fear drove me, you know. Our family was so poor, we spent poor with three O's. Mm. You know, I just, I wanted to be successful. Were you a quarterback in seventh and eighth grade, too, in middle school? I was the quarterback, yeah. And so we kept working and working, but, uh, you know, and I don't say this because this is the nice thing to say, but it's the right thing to say. I only made it because of my teammates. Mm. Uh, we had good players. We didn't have great players, but coaches can take an average player and make them good and take a good player and make them great. Absolutely. And we had that at every single level when I was back here at Waddle. And so, man, you know, I'm recruited by every Division One school in America. That's what they told me. And, uh, but we had a coach on staff, the famous and great Tommy Atkins. And his best friend, quote unquote, in the world was the defensive backfield coach at Louisiana Tech. And so, I mean, they were on my doorstep as a sophomore, just visiting. And then I finally, I asked Coach Atkins, where where do you want me to go? And he he made a real clear point to me, you know, because Texas was after me and OU and A&M. And he made a great point that I would have overlooked. He said, well, Mike, and of course I was being recruited as a quarterback. He said, they all run the wishbone. There's no future mm. running the wishbone. Ah. I said, well, Coach, I think I know where you want me to go. Where do you want me to go? He said, you can't mess up, lose that, you know, lose that tech. There was some guy, I forget his name. Oh, Terry Bradshaw. That's who. And he had just left. And, of course, they had Terry call me a few times and just visit with me on the phone. And so he gave me a good breakdown. And so I never visited Tech. I just, okay, coach, I don't care about the crowd. You know, I want to go where they play good brand of football and well coached. And uh, as young as it was, I, I knew better. I can't do it by myself. It takes coaching. So anyhow, uh, got there and um, man, immediately. And, and the other thing why I chose uh, Louisiana Tech, Paul, was uh, they let me run track. And I worked up into the top 10 hurdlers in the country my first two years in college. And, uh, you know, speed's everything. And, uh, you know, Tommy Atkins was our track coach at high school, and he was the best of the best. We won state my senior year in track. You won state in hurdles? In the hurdles, sprint relay, and, um, and uh, it, it just built a great foundation. And so, you know, uh, um, 
my freshman year at the end of a track practice, a hard track practice, uh, in the spring of my freshman year, there were 22 pro scouts down there in the corner of the track. And if you remember the defensive back for the Dallas Cowboys, Cornell Green, mm-hmm. he was an all-pro defensive back for the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I didn't know it. But my coach who recruited me, E.J. Lewis, uh, he whistles at me at the end of track practice. Come down there. Yeah, he says, get out here, get down there and show these uh, scouts how fast you can run. I said, coach, no. Tired out. I'm exhausted. Get your butt down there. Yes, sir. You know, and so, uh, and this is on record, and I'm not making this up. And so my, four, my first 40 was the 438, and I'm 6'3", 230. And Cornell's Green, remember they the old, old Sports Illustrated. They used to have a column, one or two pages into the Sports uh, title, they said it. And it made that column. Cornell Green yelled out and said, whoo, that's the fastest white boy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it made that. And, and uh, so run it again. Our, our, you know, and all the pro scouts, they all got pretty much the same time. So, but anyway, they made me. I said, Coach Lewis, please. So anyhow, second round, round four, four flat. And from that time, my whole world changed. Here come everybody in the NFL wanting this white boy to run for them, you know. But I say all that to just say that's impossible without the foundation that the Waddle Cruft next gave me. You know, nobody is successful by themselves, you know. And uh, I like to put it like this, the old country boy, salesman driving down the country road and he looks up and he puts his car in reverse and he goes backwards and he can't believe what he's seeing and sure enough, there it is. There is a turtle sitting on top of that fence post. Boy, you immediately say, you know he didn't get there by himself. Somebody had to put him there. I didn't get where I was by myself. People that put me there. And, uh, and so the rest is history. My, my, uh, my sophomore year, our, uh, uh, no, our, my very first game is my sophomore year. We fumbled the opening kickoff of the season. And we finally get on it on the six-yard line. So we got 94 yards to go. Very first play of the season, my very first play as a starter. Fake 24, Z go. They put me out wide. And I could see the defensive back looking at me like, what is this honky doing out here? You know? <laughs> we had a, a great running back, Quick Six McDaniels, and so they faked it and I jogged off and I saw the defense back look inside. And as soon as he looked inside, before he knew it, I was 10, 15 yards beyond him. So my first catch was for 94 yards, Jeez. which is a school record still today. Wow. And then my next five in a row. So my very first six, actually it was seven, one was called back. My very first six catches all went for touchdowns. Jeez. And the short, my shortest catch, I think, was 42 yards. And then all of a sudden it caught on, the boy could run. And I was double teamed from there on out my whole career. And, you know, bam, 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 I'm All-American, first team. Division one. Did you division finish, two did you school. do all four years in college or did you Yes. Yeah. You couldn't do it. So as a division two school, I was division one all American my junior and my senior year. And there again, you know, it all goes back to 
at all, Derek. And I'll tell you a true story now that it comes to me. Uh, my senior year, I made the college, the high school all-star game. And the game was in the Dome, Astrodome. At that time, the Dome wasn't six, seven years old. And we went down there, and I think it was on a Thursday. We got there on a Sunday, we started practicing on Monday. And Thursday, I think, we were gonna to get to practice inside the Dome. And of course, all of us kids, especially in White Oak, Texas, yeah. Population 1,200 on a good day, both signal and signs on the same post. And and uh, we walked in there, and my eyes just, how is that ceiling standing without any poles? But anyhow, I laid down on um, the 50-yard line. This is a God-honest truth. Didn't say nothing to nobody. I laid down on the 50-yard line. I looked up, and I said, I'll be back. And uh, had no idea that five years later, that I'd be the Oilers' first pick. And I can remember this, the very first time I went back in that dome, you know, now I'm a Houston Oiler. Well, what's on a, what's on a wide oak roughneck helmet? All there. All there. Yeah. What's on the Houston Oilers helmet? All there. And I went out there and I laid down on the 50 yard line and I looked up and I said, I told you. Holy <laughs> cow. And that's a true story. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm just so, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so, so thankful and, um, you know, uh, I'm not going to be in the record books. You know, we, we ran the football. Yeah. Howard Cosell pulled me over to the side one time. We played the Jets, Monday night football. And he knew more about me than I did. Michael Barber, number 86, number 7 in White Oak High School. Then he goes to number 16. <laughs> and he goes, I'll tell you one thing, Mike Barber. If you would have been with a throwing offense instead of the great Earl Campbell and the Eric Dickersons and the running back, you'd have been one of the top tight ends ever, but you got to catch a lot of footballs to get recognition for all pro. And, and uh, you know, seven of my ten years I blocked for the number one running back in the league, Earl Campbell, Eric Dickerson. You know, but I wouldn't trade anything, you know. Um, I loved it. And uh, But, Mike, you know, that wasn't your first foray in and that – that part of the country. Remember when we went down to Deer Park? Yeah, yeah, that was we sure did. And, and you ran yeah. a, that, that night you ran a 96-yard touchdown that got called back on a successful. Remember that? Winford, Winford didn't block, it, uh, didn't, didn't clip, he had his head around. Yeah. And you remember how bad we played in the first half and how good we played in the second half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got torched at the half. Yeah. Back when you were in White Oak, I could only imagine what type of <clears throat> notoriety you would have as far as social media, where you were the number one quarterback in Texas, right, in your senior year? That's what they said. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine if in today's world, you know, with your social medias and everything, you would probably be just a huge following, right? So I have a question. With the new NIL rules, yeah. where the kids can forego their senior season, like the, the big number one time uh, quarterback out of Southlake. Yeah. Would, would you have ever considered that like your senior year? Could you have ever imagined not playing your senior year? I'm a firm believer that, uh, that uh, you need four years of college in more ways than one, just from the maturity, how to handle the pressure, you know, at the top, it's just huge pressure because it's no longer a game, it's a business. But at the same time, you know, if somebody offered you 
you wouldn't say no. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't do it. So, you know, the, er, there's a balance there, but you, you see all the mess and the trouble the NFL is having now because they're yeah. making multi, multi-million dollar uh, kids that are only 18, 19, 20 years of age, and they don't know how to handle it, and the majority of them don't handle it. But here's the fact. Uh, the salary when I played, I was the first pick. My first year salary was $35,000. Today it had been $35 million. I went home, slapped my mother for having me 10 years early. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what round were you kicked in again? You said you well, were the Oilers first I pick. Was, I, I went at the top of the second round, but they traded the first round, you know, and so I was their first pick. Bum Phillips used to get on to me. I'd say second round. He goes, no, you're not. You are our first pick, and don't ever let me hear you say anything else. You know, so Bum was like a dad to me. We were very, very, very close. And uh, when he passed, I was with him. I stayed with him uh, the last thirty days of his life. I wow. changed his diaper. I took care of him to give his wife a night's rest. And and uh, you know, just days before he passed, I said, Coach, you stink. I'm putting your butt in the shower. And I said, you stay right there in that wheelchair, and I'll be back and put me some shorts and a T-shirt on. I came back, stripped him off naked. I'd have had a chair put in the, in, the, uh, in the shower. And at 90 years of age, he never lost his humor. When I picked him up, he said, Michael, when's the last time a 90-year-old man mooned you? <laughs> and that was, my, that was my coach, but we were very close. And, uh, and uh, I had shared Christ with him, and he gave his life to the Lord. And he spent his last 14 years in prison with me, going me, giving his testimony. And uh, he could say more in two minutes than I could say in two hours, just because of who he was. Actually, I'm going next next weekend to uh, Tennessee uh, at halftime. Uh, he's going to be inducted into the Houston Oil Hall, and I'll, me and a few other players will be there to be a part That's awesome. of the service. It is. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Mike, I have a question. Uh, this is a Louisiana Tech question. You went down there. Did you go down there to play quarterback? And what happened? Yeah, I went down there to play quarterback. And the day I told you I ran in front of the 22 Pro Scouts, well, that was a wonderful thing, but it was the end of my career as a quarterback. Back in those days, you know, a big, fast time that wasn't heard of and wasn't recognized. And so the pro scouts told my head coach, he's too big, he's too fast, and he needs to get his hands on the ball. And they didn't even tell me. But uh, the next season, I look up, and I'm no longer the quarterback, and I'm playing receiver. And after that very first game, where I caught the 94, tight end went down. And so they moved, they moved me inside to tight end, quote unquote, for just a few weeks until we get our tight end back. Yeah. And I was bigger than him and definitely a lot faster. But I never left there, you know. So God knew what he was doing. I was in the right place. I, I, didn't, I didn't have the right temperament. You know, I like to fight too much and you can't do that as a quarterback. And so yeah. it all worked out. And yeah, I never, for me, and, and, that's how it happened. And all my time, being playing with you, I never saw you get real mad on the field. Yeah. You know, you, well, 
I, had I know a, you got mad. I had, I had a Tommy Atkins that threatened my life if I did the state uh, cop. You did, you did a real good job of uh, controlling, you know, maintaining yourself yeah. and everything. Well, I could take it off at, on defense playing middle linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, would you like playing better, quarterback or linebacker? You know, all these years, I'd have much rather played defense. Really? I love hitting people, and I love the defensive side of the ball. And I begged for the first couple of years in the league, I, I begged Bum to let, give me a try at linebacker because my, my uh, spring of my freshman year, I finally talked them into letting me play defense. And I immediately walked, uh, I worked right up to the first team defense. And I'm doing that while I'm still running track at the same time. And that's when all those scouts came. And it, it was over. No more defense, no more quarterback, nothing. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, but like I said, it all worked out in the end, and I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade. My, uh, how was it playing? You had Winford, you had John Griffin down too. People yeah. you played with at wide How was that? Well, it was special. John, John and I uh, roomed together. You know, uh, the whole time that you know his remainder of his years there. And I went against Winford a whole lot, and I'd get I'd get tickled. I, I remember there at one time I ran a deep route, and he was on me like glue, and I just reached up with one hand and I caught the ball, and it was for about a 40, 50 yard play. Well, Coach Lewis, the guy who recruited me, Tommy Atkins, his best friend, he's the defensive backfield coach, and I purposely jogged all the way about ball back, and I gave it. I said, Coach Lewis, I said here. Don't get mad at him. He's giving his best effort, you know. Come out Winford and laugh, laugh. And basically, Winford started all four years there, and he was. A, I never understood why he did not make it in the NFL. He was a lot better cornerback. Number of uh, corners that I played. Yeah, against. didn't he? He got tried out of the Oilers, didn't he? Uh, I don't remember. I think I don't he remember did. that. I don't remember that, but he was a heck of a football player. He was smart. He didn't get drafted. Yeah, yeah, he, he yeah. As a cornerback, he wasn't the fastest, but he his was smart. So his smarts so made up for it. Yeah. I had the NCAA follow me almost my entire So it was pretty first strict year back then. Louisiana too. Tech. Just knowing Louisiana Tech offered me. Why would a guy that every division one scooter go to a division two scooter? But all they offered me was a scholarship, and and uh, I went cause my cause my uh, my high school coach where I want you to go, and yeah. that was it. I didn't even visit. I'd have visited. I wouldn't have went because facility wise, I went way backwards. Because Wadock was the wealthiest one A school in the state of Texas at that time, and now yeah. they've given it all away, and now they're poor. And, <laughs> He's right. And, yeah. uh, He's it's, still it's, it's ridiculous, you know. But uh, no, nobody never ever. Offered me. Got some offers in college, but OU me. Of course, that'd be in total denial. They took a quarterback that same year out of high school. We were teammates actually in the high school all star game. And they, since I told them no, uh, one eyed bandit, Lacey uh, Lacewell, was a coach there. Yeah. And, and uh, they took this other guy, and it wasn't very far into the season. They got suspended because of uh, what they gave him and whatever. No, Tech just offered me my carrot was they going to let me run track. Reppin' Sessions Podcast, Episode 6, brought to you by Prospect.
Prospect is dedicated to helping East Texas athletes achieve greatness. With experience helping high school athletes receive scholarships, JUCO players reach D1, and even pushing NBA players to the next level. If you want to be a, a prospect, contact prospect, guys. I'm telling you right now, Joe is the man to go see. If you have a uh, any student in middle school, high school, heck, a little neck, man, get him with Joe. He's going to take him to the next level. Be ready for the for the big ball on Friday nights. I'm telling you, go see Joe. Let him know Reppin sent you. Contact Joe at 214-914-8524. And remember, tell him Reppin sent you. Prospect and Joe are proud supporters of Reppin Sessions Podcast. I went in to college football starting in the seventh grade all the way through my senior year with only four losses. I never lost a regular season game in my seventh grade through my twelfth. I never lost a regular season game. And I get to college and my first, we won the national championship, Division II, my freshman and my sophomore year. We had the longest streak in the nation, 23 games going on. I didn't lose a game my, my entire freshman year. And we didn't lose until halfway through my second. And we lost one game my, my sophomore year, one game my junior. So I went into the NFL with a total of, I'm sorry, eight losses. That was it. So losing, what's that? <laughs> we ain't having it. And, and, yeah. uh, and when we start my first year uh, playing preseason, I didn't understand it doesn't count. <laughs> I'm getting all jacked up. And this is Barber, chill. It's just preseason. Yeah. No, it ain't. It's a game. That's what, you know. Yeah. But uh, it didn't take me long though to figure it out. Well, you know, I always was thankful anytime we got beat. It was the last game of the year. We didn't have to face those coaches down there. Yeah. On Monday morning. Yeah. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They they were tough. They were they loved us, but they were tough on us all of them. Yeah. But we got beat. In high school, we got beat by a good team. You know, yeah, you could say we beat ourselves, but no, they, 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 they were legit. And every, I think every team that beat us won the state championship. I may be wrong on that. No, Flagerville did. Flagerville got beat. Didn't look at it. Do you remember that game much? I remember it, but I don't remember the legit defense. Were they that good of a defense? Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you think caused y'all to only, after scoring so many points all year, that you only <clears throat> low-scoring game? Well, they had a real good scrappy defense. And we fumbled the ball a few times at pivotal times that mm -hmm. really hurt us. And it's it just bottom line, wasn't meant to be. And you know, mine, period. When, when, when uh, you know, you they hit your arm and that interception, yeah. they ran it back. Danny Hinton said it all night long. The linebacker had been coming in on him. Yeah. He had been picking him up. Yeah. That time, the tackle and the linebacker came in on him. But yeah. nobody picked him up. We just never worked against blitz, anything like that. And they took a bet, and it was smart on them. And we just never made adjustments from it. You know, we had line to fumbles, it. penalties, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So being a wide open quarterback. The teachers let you skip some tests or not turn homework in? Well, no. I had to turn everything in, but uh, in, in all honesty, it was my biggest regret of not being a better student. Uh, there's a reason behind that at home, but I don't really want to talk about it. It's too personal, but kept me from wanting to be that nobody knew. And... Uh, 
uh, involving my dad that just didn't, you know, you're a football player, don't worry about it. You know. <laughs> and what what I went to, you know, it's just too personal and respect for my family. But uh, uh, but no, I had to do, there was no such thing as skipping class. Mm-hmm. And I had to do all my homework. And uh, there is a, uh, I mean, I can't sit here and deny there was no doubt that teachers worked with me. But it was their way of helping me because they saw at that time what I didn't see, you know. And so I'm, I'm very, very, very to this day, I have my college degree hanging on my wall, and it's the biggest joke in town because of what they gave me. But it's a reminder of I'm the only one going to be done in this family. I got I got three kids, and they're all very intelligent, they all got their college degree, because I've told them, I said, they ain't going to be but one dummy, you know, and you are going to study, so you know, if somebody had to pay the price, I'd rather be me. Boys or girls? Yeah, one son, he played college ball, concussion, stopped him, he now pastors a church in Houston. Where did he play at? Uh, He played at Central Arkansas. Okay. And and, uh, uh, tough as nails, and uh, I see you posting on Twitter your grandson playing QB. He's uh, looks he's, like he's gonna be taken after. He's six years old and he plays against eight year olds and he's quick as a cat, tough as nails, and fearless and quarterback just like me, quarter on offense and middle linebacker on defense, and he makes just about every play. Does he know Grandpa was a NFL legend oh, yeah. at one time? <laughs> yeah, thank to him, but it, it's it's it'd be wonderful if you could skip kids and just have grandkids. So after all these years, what has it been like? Uh, you know, have you enjoyed the notoriety of being a local legend in White Oak? Well, you know, I hadn't been back here all that much. Uh, I don't know if anybody, unless you're 65 and older, I doubt if there's anybody here that remembers me. To be. Well, that's what this is for, these young guys to... Sixteen should be retired. We we well <laughs> we better worry about twenty two yeah. first. Sixteen and twenty two is on the list. Twenty two. Roy Bruce. Roy Bruce. Oh, you know, yes, sir. You, yeah. you know about him. Do you yeah. believe his number should be retired? Absolutely. It's like it's bottom line. Forget his name. He played tight end in the league before I, and now he was in the booth. Beginning my career, and he introduced me on TV. I was told after the game, I didn't know you were from Longview, Texas. I said, what do you mean, Longview, Texas? I'm from White Oak. Well, so-and-so announced you, Mike Barber from Longview, Texas. Uh, and I, I found that, yeah, what's his name? It starts with a T. Anyway, I said, hey, I want to correct you with something. If you ever announce our game from now, I'm not from Longview. I'm from White Oak. And don't forget that. You know, it means something to me. I don't care how successful I am, I'm not going to forget about my roots. So if you don't have roots, you got nothing. That's right. And for a while, so anyhow, guys, I really need this. Yes, sir. I got one more question for you. If if, if there was a young 7th, 8th grader that's playing football, his dreams of being a roughneck as a high school athlete, wants to be a quarterback, wants to follow in the footsteps of a legend, what would you tell the young kid right now that's preparing for high school? Words of advice. It's real easy. It's all about attitude. And this is probably what I'll tell the team. Attitude, the first letter 
A is the first letter in the alphabet. The T's are number 20. The U is 21. The I is 9. D and E is 4 and 5. You put those numbers together, it equals exactly 100. Attitude is 100% in your success. If you grab a hold of that attitude, I'm going to be a winner. This is what I'm going to be. And the bottom line, you grab a hold of a can-do attitude in the midst of a can't-do atmosphere. You hold on to it. Don't let anybody rob your dream. That's exactly what I had to do. You know, I didn't have an easy road. I made some stupid decisions, you know, like any kid does. Mm -hmm. But I never lost my vision mm -hmm. all along the way. And I was successful. And so all any young man listening to this, you know, grab a hold of that attitude. Who you hang around with is important. If you hang around with the wrong crowd, it will bite you. One in every six of our youth today will be locked up in prison. And it's because of drugs, hanging out with the wrong people. And probably 40% of the 2.3 that are in prison today didn't do anything. But they were in association with the person at the wrong place of crime. And they were put in prison. They're in prison today because of wrong association. Who you hang out with is everything. And it starts with an attitude of doing right. You heard it first from Mike Barber, legendary roughneck quarterback. Mike, we really appreciate it here. Reppin' Sessions Podcast, Mike, Episode 6. Let me say one thing. Mike, I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate you being a teammate of mine. And I, and don't think we – I don't ever forget you yeah, and all thanks. your kindnesses. Yes, Thank you for being with us. Thank yes, you. Reppin' Sessions Podcast, you, Episode 6. Thank you so much. Roll, roughnecks, roll.